book two chapter six of the spy company a story of the mexican war by archibald clavering gutter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by john brandon book two chapter six the goliad house during this miss guthrie's eyes have rested much oftener upon the face of the texan sitting next her than upon the military panorama that has passed before her as regiment after regiment has passed him and battery after battery of light artillery has rumbled on she has seen a flush of shame mingled with the light of battle coming into the clean-cut roman features beside her she has observed that his clenched hands indicate some absorbing emotion and that his thin lips which utter no words grow thinner in compression a sinking dread comes into the girl's heart as she notices the berserker spirit rising in the only man to whom she can turn for protection in her extremity for as she has ridden through the narrow byways of the sutler's town she has seen sights that make her frightened to be left alone in it deeply rouged mexican pobretas sitting in the easy dishable of the tropics in front of their houses smoking their cigarettes and waving their fans at passers-by low bar-rooms out of which have strolled the scum of the army following gamblers three-card monte men and sharpers in addition several painted anglo-saxon courtesans have made her shudder finally as the tramp of the departing column dies away as the last glimmer of arms is lost in the surrounding forest a mighty emotion seems to shake this man and estrella knows that he for the moment has forgotten her in the excitement of coming battle for sharp hampton half rises in the ambulance his face red as blood with shame the veins in his forehead swollen almost to bursting and mutters in a based voice by the god of my fathers not one texan in the whole derned outfit then speaking to himself he breaks out rapidly i must go on to san antonio at once the boys must be here before the first battle or it would disgrace our state forever oh don't let me detain you says the girl proudly though her heart is heavy apparently awakening from a dream the light of battle leaves his eyes which grow tender to her he replies you won't detain me from my duty and why not because my duty is like that of any other soldier to see that everything is all right in the rear before he charges to the front with this hampton looks eagerly over the parade ground which is now a scene of busy activity the general has gone back to staff business in his log cabin headquarters another column leaves the next morning preparations are now being hastily made for this commissary officers are busy with equipment and ordnance stores aides-de-camp are riding about and giving orders but the ranger's eyes are not upon this military bustle after a hasty glance over the heterogeneous mob which crowd along the lines of the parade ground he scans intently the log cabins of the officers quarters 
and seeing no lady's face except the anxious one that is beside him he mutters there there doesn't seem to be a single officer's wife about then continues rapidly to miss godfrey you're perfectly safe here remain still while i go to headquarters the general will probably have something to say to me about bringing on the texan troops while there i'll see what can be done for your accommodation and your return to galveston as he springs out of the ambulance his eye catches a group of their fellow passengers of the city of mobile and he says sharply to zelma girl take good care of your mistress and don't dare to leave her side noting his tone estrella asks anxiously of her attendant selma what is the reason captain hampton is so displeased with you ah uh, i don't know madam stammers the young woman though her eyes are turned from those of her mistress you're quite certain says miss godfrey despite herself her voice is rather cold as she steps from the wagon and directs her maid please jump out selma and brush some of this frightful dust from me in the ambulance miss godfrey had been scarcely noticed but as she steps upon the parade ground the only lady on it her graceful figure and stylish costume produce a quick sensation even among the older faces about taylor's headquarters among the younger officers a hundred bright eyes are placed directly upon her and half a hundred mustachios are suddenly curled to make their effect upon beauty with this a dashing lieutenant in dragoon uniform rapidly wheels his horse gallops to her and doffing his fatigue cap says is it possible can it be and she replies it is adding perhaps with a tinge of coquetry in her tone i'm glad to see that i haven't changed so much since saratoga that you've forgotten me mr pelham the young man bending over his saddle-bow whispers forget you never then he breaks out why in god's name have you come to this place now every lady by order was sent north a week ago on the paducah and springs off his charger to hold consultation with this beautiful derelict from civilization in the camp of an army that is now practically in active campaign as he walks by her side miss godfrey gives the young man an epitome of the circumstances that have brought her to corpus christi closing it by murmuring rather roguishly i am very sorry you think it unfortunate unfortunate at any other time i should say it was more than good luck answers pelham enthusiastically his eyes lingering on the beauties of the girl that he thought enchanting in saratoga but which have been made overpowering by the development of the last two years only a week ago i could have done so much for you here he says earnestly but disconcertedly my mother who had come down to see me only left on the paducah you wouldn't have made this mistake if you had he looks at her earnestly ever ever cared to write to me but now i don't know what i'm going to do for you my squadron may's dragoons are here acting as provost guard and in general attendance at headquarters 
but even we take root tomorrow morning when the army ceases to patrol that wretched cattle thief gambler riffraff shantytown down there i don't know what will happen in it remarks the lieutenant apprehension running over his face as he looks upon the delicate waif from civilization you say captain sharp hampton of the texas rangers has you in his charge he continues from what we've heard of him since we've been in southern texas i should think providence has picked out for you about the best man in these regions to see you very safe this conference is interrupted by the return of hampton the handsome young dragoon strolling by the side of his charge has perhaps quickened the texan's steps captain hampton says estrella in answer to his inquiring glance let me present lieutenant pelham of may's dragoons the young men greet each other cordially sharp remarking from the reputation of your commander mr pelham i am inclined to think your squadrons will be heard from as soon as the campaign begins to this after a moment's consideration he adds you've been located here some little time will you excuse a few hasty questions i am told that the officers wives have all been sent from this camp which will be practically deserted tomorrow do you know of any proper place in which i can leave miss godfrey until i can make some arrangements for her safe transportation to matagorda at this the lieutenant after looking helpless for a moment says i expect the only place you can get lodging for miss godfrey and that's bad enough is in the goliad house he points down the narrow dirty street leading from the camp towards the embarcadero it's a godforsaken hole with a ferro bank in one corner of it every night on the lower level but it's the only place he has just given this information when an orderly rides up and saluting delivers a hurried order receiving this the young officer remarks his face twitching with disappointment i'm ordered to immediately escort a wagon of medical supplies that have been left behind and deliver them to the chief surgeon of twigs column i'd hoped miss godfrey to ride down to the town with you and do my best to make you comfortable but the order is immediate good-bye for the moment as soon as i've delivered colonel twiggs quinine and calomel i'll come to the goliad house to see you that's where you're going to take her captain hampton yes replies the texan i suppose it's the only thing i can do now all the officers ladies have gone north then this little note from the assistant provost marshal here who is your humble servant to him jones who is proprietor of the house i think we'll succeed in getting you anything that's in it remarked the lieutenant hastily penciling a few lines in his memorandum book he tears the page out and hands it to hampton thank you i'll deliver it remarks the texan as he turns to the wagon good-bye miss godfrey whispers pelham more in his voice than in his words i'll be back and see you this evening certainly he squeezes the little fingers held out for his salute springs on his horse and gallops away as the dragoon has been bidding the young lady good-bye 
the ranger's been giving some orders to their negro driver and the minute estrella and her maid are seated in the carriage he rides with them into the town during this he is speaking rapidly at headquarters i received a note that had been sent me there from the city of mobile mcgowan is very much concerned that his vessel was ordered down to point isabella immediately so that he could not offer you the hospitality of his ship the extra equipment for hayes's regiment that i bought in new orleans he writes me has been put hastily on shore in a lighter landing and storing this will probably delay me here the balance of this day during it i'm going to try and find a craft of some kind that will take you up to matagorda for you must absolutely leave here by water what makes you think that's so very important asks estrella well from what i picked up at taylor's headquarters that mexican scoundrel carabajol has had the impudence to come up here even during this last day or two and sound the old general as to whether he would use united states troops to support him in organizing a revolution in the northern mexican states replies hampton earnestly of course it didn't take long for old rough and ready to have the mexican bandit hustled out of this camp but if carabajol has been here it doesn't take two guesses to be very sure that his master canales isn't very far off over that prairie he points to the west with a band of rancheros now taylor having commenced his march canales will move north to harass the texan settlements it would be but a toss-up as to whether you had better fall into this bandit's clutches or comanche hands therefore i must make arrangements for you to depart by water while i do this i've got to leave you with him jones of the goliad house this note from the lieutenant i imagine will fix it all right but if him jones is the him jones i used to know in goliad a word from me will make you very safe with him him jones won't hesitate to run a faro bank but he'll run it square every deal by this time they have drawn up in front of a clabbered hotel of two low stories whose canvas sign overtopping its roof bears the words goliad house its ground floor is devoted to a bar and billiard room though a flight of rough steps outside the building leads to its second story which has a balcony in front of it just wait in the wagon until i see the proprietor directs hampton springing out a minute later he comes back to her assists her carefully from the wagon and telling the maid to bring her mistress's belongings with her leads miss godfrey up this rickety stairway to the second story at the door of this they are welcomed by a hawk-nosed alligator-jawed man in shirt-sleeves who in response to hampton's remark jones this is the young lady you are to take mighty good care of in my absence pulls his forelock and says captain she'll be ace high all the time in this house then the girl finds herself led through a narrow and uncarpeted hallway and ushered into two back rooms both having cot beds in them and some cheap pine furniture 
they're not very scrumptious remarks mr jones but there ain't as much noise in em as the front domiciles and in em barring skeeters you can be as lonely as if you were in the state prison that's what i want says the young lady thank you mr jones i shall be very comfortable here she looks out on the enlivening prospect of mr jones's back yard where a couple of razorback hogs are rubbing themselves against the poles that support the building and two or three more are rooting in the swill that has been chucked out of the pleasant kitchen of the goliad house by a fat negro woman who acts as its chef de cuisine some odor of coming meal catching hampton's nostrils he glances at his watch and says while i'm away him you see this young lady has dinner yes siree prairie chicken fixins and wild turkey notions replies him eager to offer frontier hospitality she'd better have it served in her room her maid can bring it up to her suggests the ranger now miss godfrey i'll see what i can do to get some kind of a boat to take you up the coast again with this he leaves the room catching a glance of his eye him jones follows him out of earshot in the front of the hotel hampton says a few hasty words to the innkeeper what that bang up twenty five hundred dollars slick as camp meetin piece of feminine flesh and blood mutters him sternly this is a pretty good place to run niggers off and i'll keep an eye on the wench as the texan ranger strides down the street the hotel keeper emits a contemplative whistle and says to himself great alligators who'd have thought that french china doll who wears silk stockings and high-heeled slippers would need a cutting up then even him jones's hard features become perturbed as he ejaculates cracky i wouldn't be in that octoroon's hide if her master jim godfrey ever knows of her gallivantin he's the tightest man with niggers this side of louisiany and that's saying a good deal with this the boniface strolls back into his house where he lives up to his word taking up with his own hands the best kind of a frontier dinner of hot corn dodgers broiled prairie chicken and roast wild turkey to the young lady in the upper rooms miss godfrey being nervous does but scant justice to the meal then the time being heavy on her hands she strolls to the front of the hotel gazes out through a few panes of glass inserted in the door that opens on the veranda and finds herself surrounded by the semi-frontier semi-mexican demoralization that has gathered about an army in winter quarters across the street from her is the big dance hall bearing the sign bella union upon its front door is placarded un fandango grande and beneath this last big dance for taylor's boys mexican orchestra and lots of hurdy-gurdy girls carmelita will dance come one come all admission free on either flank of this building are ordinary saloons in front of one out on the muddy sidewalk sit a few of the diamond pin gentry of her voyage mr yazoo sam in white flannel suit and panama hat quite conspicuous among them 
his feet cocked up on a live oak tree on the same side as miss godfrey's hotel are two or three more drinking shops a general merchandise store and a shooting gallery from which the occasional crack of a rifle indicates some army teamsters are trying to win the pipes and cigars that are offered for prizes according to spanish custom most of the ladies of the town are enjoying a siesta and the day being hot but few men tramp its streets though there are plenty busy handling freight down at the embarcadero from which now and then an army wagon rolls past her its teamster cracking his whip and cursing his mules as they go through the adobe mud the aspect of the place is depressing to the young lady she shudders slightly it seems as if she were in a new and uncouth world her dejection increases when hampton returns and brings a shock with him he says glumly i have been down to the office of martin best and co and had that clerk running around all over the harbor to see if he could find transportation for you to matagorda there ain't so much as a skiff that could be got let alone a sloop or a schooner which is the smallest thing that dare go out on the open ocean now it's getting the season for northers then what am i to do asked the girl half of herself half of him what am i to do i know your duty compels you to leave here to-morrow at the latest to bring down hayes's regiment i cannot ask you to sacrifice your duty as a soldier for me then she shudders god help me alone in this terrible place after a second she adds mr pelham would do everything in his power for me but is compelled by his duty to leave here to-morrow and another would do everything for you remarks hampton another miss godfrey don't forget me let me think over the thing as he looks upon this girl made even more beautiful by the anxiety in her eyes something comes into the frontiersman's mind that tells him what he decides within the next few moments will be vital to his life he says slowly let me consider this when i am away from you your trouble keeps me from judging just straight pacing the little veranda a curious look is in his cold blue eyes they flicker and grow dim for the first time in his life sharp hampton is really frightened with himself he communes best keep away from her i know when i'm licked a few days more under the glances of her sweet eyes and i'll go into my next fight scared that i'll die before i've won something i've got to win before i go under and yet it's despair anyway a rough hard fighting frontiersman must look like a galoot to a girl who's been brought up as finicky as she but i couldn't look man nor woman in the face if i deserted her here helpless and alone even under the plea of military necessity then the spirit that had changed defeat into victory in so many desperate contests surges up in him he says recklessly to himself down at mire i drew a white bean by the soul of old ben milam i'll see if her pretty fingers will give me a black one even if handsome west point dragoons hustle with me for her favor 
he quietly steps back to the young lady his eyes are distrait with anxiety and her hands twitching nervously in his soul one great question will she do it the two stand facing each other a problem in each of their minds the bronzed features of the texan grow slightly pale his hands almost tremble a little he says slowly miss godfrey i've got to get to my regiment up at san antonio your father's hacienda is in much of a ride out of my way if you'll trust yourself with me alone on the prairies for days and nights dodging bandits and eluding indians i'll put you safely in your dad's arms if the thing is to be done trust you i know you'll get me there cries the girl impulsively thank heavens everything's fixed all right in proof of this she extends eagerly her delicate patrician hand then you're you're not frightened of me he mutters his face glows red and her slight fingers are seized in a grip of steel yet held most tenderly and respectfully estrella looks at him earnestly for a moment the color that is in his face seems to call the blushes to her cheeks also the eyes of the young captain of rangers have something more in them than the request of confidence she says falteringly no not frightened but but her glances that have been full upon him seek the floor she is frightened of something intangible but vivid it makes her heart beat very fast she hastily withdraws her fingers from the electric clasp of the bowie knife scarred hand now i've got a good many arrangements to make to get you off to-morrow morning remarks the captain and turns toward the door almost as if to fly what are you going to do asks the girl first i'm going to store your trunks in martin best and co's with directions that they be forwarded as soon as possible to matagorda from there they can go up by wagon to meet you at your ranch house to get through with me you've got to travel flying light on horseback oh i can ride i've a riding habit cries estrella confidently not one of those civilized things asks the ranger glumly like the girls use on the shell road and round the lake drive in new orleans the same if they're in the very latest fashion answers miss godfrey airily fashion you won't ride fashionable you've got to wear something that you can walk in run in and ride boy fashion in that jim crack riding habit of yours would be torn half off you in the first mesquite thicket that your mustang pranced through besides part of a journey may have to be made on foot you don't know what's ahead of you i don't care what's ahead of me as long as it takes me to my father i don't believe you do answers hampton noting the buoyant yet determined brilliancy of her eyes so i'll get the right kind of rigging for you leaving her astonished he strides off to the general merchandise store but on the way there he pauses abruptly and communes with himself in dismayed tones thunder i see the giraffe ahead of me end of book two chapter six recording by john brandon